It doesn't matter if you're a business owner or a family. Every family in America needs access to capital. Every business in, um, around the world needs yep. access to capital. Who's controlling that access? It speaks directly to the banking function. Businesses need access to capital to function and be profitable. Who's the gatekeeper that's controlling the access to that capital? It speaks exactly to the very reason, why should I consider? Why should I even you know, go down this rabbit hole and, and, and learn about the infinite banking concept? Why should I become my own banker? You yep. know, why? Because of the, that's just one characteristic of the banking, infinite banking concept, is I'm controlling my own access or the access to capital. By contract. I don't like <clears throat> when we discuss or the industry discusses cash value, whole life insurance. They might not call it an investment, but they go on to talk about it and use the terminology of investing, right? We talk sure. about a rate of return. Okay, when, when you say rate of return, sure, a, a, a premium, I'm sorry, a dividend is a return of premium. I get that the word return is in there, right? But when people, <laughs> see, when people hear rate of return, they are thinking in terms of, well, the amount I get back, the amount of money I receive, relative to the, the principle of what I invested. That's what people are thinking of when they think of rate sure. of return. That is not what's going on in dividend paying whole life Did insurance. Did I earn 6% on the dividend? Did I earn 5% on the dividend? That terminology just yeah. screams to me, I've yet to leave the conventional financial paradigm. Well, so what I appreciate, because that was kind of a realization for me, the, the anger, you know, back fourth or fifth policy and you're like where are we going to get the money and, and like I don't know and that ticked you off even more but since then we've continued to buy policies we've done the things that we were going to do anyway and mm -hmm. actually we've done some things that we would have never have done my opinion Okay. I don't know that we would have been on the third or fourth I don't know how many times we've been to Europe but I don't know if we would have Never in my mind did I think that I'm going to be in Europe with my whole family. What, I get what? pushed back an awful lot for not mentioning life insurance companies. I have yeah, people. James, that, what, what company do you use? Come on, the best us. ones in North America to pr practice banking with, yeah. and those are the very ones I own as well. But I'm married to my wife. I'm not married to a life insurance company. Okay, and and I have talked on and on and on about life insurance companies, but um, this idea that size matters. You know, in Texas, everything is bigger in Texas. You can take that to the bank. These companies are not domiciled in Texas, okay? So if there was a mutual life insurance company <laughs> domiciled in Texas, they would be the biggest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say that, and I love this because it's true. It emphasizes a point. If bigger was better, wouldn't Miss America be 300 pounds? What does bigger mean? Does it mean that the larger company has more uh, surplus notes on its books so they can play games on their P&L? Does it mean they have more policies in force so there's a, a greater risk to them? Does it mean that they pay a larger dividend or does it mean they publish a larger dividend scale that they never intend to pay? What does that mean? Does it mean they have more square footage in the home office? 
I'm asking. Does it does mean it, the salary enjoyed by the executives? Oh, listen, better? listen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, because they're mutual. You know, a lot of this information isn't public. You have to go to these certain states that make these companies disclose these certain things. And my question is this. Um, does it mean that you're using a company that has 20 executive vice presidents that earn $10 million a year or $20 million a year each? Yep. What does it mean? What is the philosophy that we're building uh, upon when we practice the infinite banking concept? It is not about rate of return, right? In which all of this focuses on rate of return. If I can make that illustration jump and pop in some particular year into the future, whether you know whether I, the agent or the advisor, understand what that does into the future of that policy. Um, you know, it's not okay with me. If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it, right? I'm not saying that you can't learn by application. You can, and that's important. You know, OJT, trial by fire. But when you're dealing with people's money and you don't know what you're doing, stop doing it. Stop. And it's that simple. Take the opportunity to learn and do it correctly. If by construct, the cash value in a whole life policy must equal the face amount at maturity. And the only time a policy matures is when it goes to age 120, currently in 2020. All life insurance is constructed over a theoretical life expectancy of 120 years. All life insurance is priced and constructed over a 120 year theoretical life expectancy. Okay? So if the cash value must equal the face amount at age 120, I have a very simple, straightforward question for you, please. Would you want a high death benefit or a low death benefit? I rest my case. You know, and I think I found in my experience, you know, uh, 15 years I've been practicing this concept. I met Nelson about 15 years ago, 15 or 15. And after being in the life insurance business 14 years and moderately successful at least, mm-hmm. right? I mean, not maybe not the first guy in line, but I mean, I was paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I was not walking around brain dead. You know, I'm paying attention, trying mm-hmm. to do better like everybody else. Okay. Um, in, in what I've experienced, um, most of the time, and Nelson always said this is more caught than taught, mm-hmm. but whenever an individual has had some less than pleasant dealings with the bankers, Mm -hmm. i.e. the third-party lenders, Mm -hmm. this this idea resonates a little bit quicker. Yeah. You know, and so I'm just saying there is a solution. Right. There (laughs) is a solution. so, So the idea of having access to capital where you don't have to beg and borrow is literally your money and, uh, that just that and that alone is is just the whole thought process of being able to finance your own reality and build a personal economy. Just that idea in and of itself. Let's talk about liberating. Man. Is that did you ever get that liberating feeling from an IRA or four oh one K? I'm just asking. <laughs> no, I'm I'm putting all my money in there. I'm taking all the risk. I can't access it. If I do, you're going to penalize me. When I do access it, it's grown, and you're going to take the money that I've took all the risks off of, and you're going to take a portion of that and give me what? 
Nah, I don't. I don't like that program. No, <laughs> I don't Sorry. like that program. Well, so um, that's very interesting. Okay, so I didn't know that about you and Katrina, um, and so you discovered it. You're reading. You know, continue down mm-hmm. the the learning, the development of. You know, the mm-hmm. it's almost like an onion being peeled, absolutely. layer by layer absolutely. by layer. Did you get angry going through that process? Oh, Surely, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just just discovering different things of what I could have done if I oh, would yeah. have known, and just dis- discovering how so many people are ill affected. And it's, it's basically a situation where you don't realize until it's too late. I'm talking about if you're just the average person, you're not thinking um, outside the box. If you just go through the system as a construct, you wake up at the end of your years, you know, you, you're at Walmart, you're trying to figure out how did this happen, you know, or whatever the situation is, you know. So, yeah, it was a lot of um, anger just looking at what was done, what is being done, how it's being done, and people that are not, just thinking, we believe in the system. We believe in the system. Like, we know there's people that just believe in the system. So it's frustrating uh, to know that, you know, you believe in something and it's working against you. And then it, the, your friends, not your friends, but our friends, friends in general that believe in the system mm-hmm. and they're all in, they almost look at you like you're suspect. Right. What, you mean you're not drinking the Kool-Aid like I am? Right. What's wrong with you? And of course that happens in, I think, in any environment, you know, even in the infinite banking world, if, you know, a bunch of life insurance agents get together and they're not all drinking the Kool-Aid from IBC, you know, they may look at each other a little bit of suspect. You know what I think about when I think about, they are so savvy, the powers that be is. Not only that they create the system that ill affects you, but then they foster the mindset that makes it complicit for you to, to function in it, then they give you a lens, they give you the glasses to see it their way, <laughs> and then they create the options. So you know, you know how you might get mad at Coca-Cola and go get another product? Well, Coca-Cola on that one too. Yeah. <laughs> so, the opposition. Right. You, so you, you. you think you're making a choice, yeah. and you really just feeding right into the system? That is some serious thinking. It's, it doesn't matter what you're doing, in my opinion. You can, if this infinite banking concept makes sense to you, you can integrate it into everything that you're doing and make everything that you're doing even better. Okay. And James, if I can jump in right there, I think that that we we've covered this in a couple different ways, but it comes back to when people are comparing the insurance policy to the investment, they're doing it wrong. You're not oh, comparing yeah. apples to apples at that point. And and what that guy was doing is exactly what I'm doing now. He He's still buying the silver that he wanted to buy, but guess yep. what? He's doing it with an insurance policy now. Nothing has changed for him. And that's the same thing that it's hard to grasp that concept that with these policies you want to put as much money as you can comfortably put in now i will say comfortably i kind of say that with with caution because sometimes it's not comfortable um and that's how i know and that's how i know that i'm putting the right amount in there because sometimes it does feel uncomfortable Uh, but guess what 
That dude was pulling that money back out and doing exactly what he was going to do with it anyway. But guess what? He's backed up with an insurance policy now. Um, and that's that's why comparing the the actual policy to a specific investment, you can do it all day long, but it's not really apples to apples because I'm going to take that money out of that policy and I'm going to buy that same investment that you're trying to prove to me is better. And I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? I reap the benefits of that investment as well. And guess where I'm going to put it back? Back in my warehouse of wealth in my insurance policy. And that, I think, is the hard part for people to get over is that they can still invest in whatever it is that they're comfortable investing in or they can leave it in their warehouse. Now, you know, you can go back to the the silver talents and the parables of, you know, if you don't invest money and, and put it to work. But my thing is, is it's safer and does better in that policy than anywhere else. But if that investment opportunity jumps up, you've got a way to get that money out and take take advantage. Now, if you lose on that investment, you know, that's not the insurance policy's fault at that point. But if you can if you can beat that insurance policy's, you know, returns, then then do it. And that's exactly what it is designed to do. And Nelson preached that. Nelson never preached. I was at two of his seminars and you you had a, a relationship with him way more in depth than than I did. But he never preached don't take the money out and use it. I mean, this is something that the money is there. You need to put it to work, whether it's buying construction equipment or forestry equipment or um, investment land or cattle or whatever it is that you're into that you think that you can make a good return on. That is what that money is there for. Uh, and until you're ready to use it, it is at least doing better and providing you with advantages that no savings account or 401k is ever going to provide to you. You've got to be able to see through all of these magical illustrations. Money in, money out, money in, money out, money in, money out. I mean, you're just wearing the 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 staff of a life insurance company's home office out. Yeah. Right? You're not creating value into that policy. Mm-hmm. And now if it's true and it is that capital attracts opportunity, just load up the policies on a properly structured policy with a legitimate, well-run life insurance company, and the opportunities will come. You know, you don't have to go out and be a hard money lender in real estate and compete with the hedge funds, right? right. I mean, oh my gosh, how much money do you want to lose? How negative in interest rates do you want to go? I'm just making a point that Nelson is right. He's right then, he's right now. And it's okay to embrace the simplicity of paying a premium, Right. right? And I've said it before, too. If you have that money, that capital, and you have access to it, opportunities show up, it will enhance your ability to recognize an opportunity. Because everything walking down the street is not an opportunity. Right? Okay, so then if you take advantage of an opportunity and you collateralize a life insurance policy, by golly, be honest. If you value the third-party lender's money at 10 14 and 29% credit cards, I said it, I've seen lines of credit to accredited investors at 10 and 14%. It makes me question why they would do that, right? Well, and they do it for, you know, just like the, the All-American family. I got a HELOC, I'm just using it just in case, access to capital. Well, how's that work out? You know, over time, I mean, it's okay, and I'm not disparaging any of it. I'm just saying, if you access your capital, if you collateralize your cash value and you create an outstanding loan, 
be honest and make loan repayments. <clears throat> if you don't, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the same as valuing the third party lender's money above yours. Mm. If you'll pay them 10 or 14%, but you're gonna gripe about paying six, seven, eight, or five or whatever to the life insurance company, there's something wrong with your thinking and it needs to be adjusted. And it's so simple. And now I can't control the interest rates. I can't control the dividend scales. I can't control anything outside of my actions, right? And then my thoughts, you know what I mean? It's like, you disparage me on these, uh, you know, social media trolls and you're judging me by your own character that doesn't affect me unless i allow it right yes okay so and then all of a sudden you do that over and over and over just a matter of time time's going to pass you know you look up two years one year three years four years five years and it's like oh my gosh look at how much cash value i have do i care what the market's doing no do i care what the interest rates are no I don't care. I do not care. And that place is so liberating. Mm -hmm. and, and I encourage you to join us. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.